14, turn there. Um, Romans chapter 14 um, is a um, unique uh, chapter here in the book of Romans. And here Paul um, starts addressing some problems. Um, addressing a problem that's happening in the church is so much that he takes a whole chapter to address this. Uh, there are some really, really good nuggets of kingdom theology here that I want to I get in at the end. But um, I want to I talk about that because actually it, it, he had to address it because it was affecting the unity of the body of Christ at the time. It, now listen, let me tell you something. If the body of Christ, especially that time or any, any, any place in, in the world right now, if the body of Christ gets disunified, that means they, they start fighting against each other, right? Um, we lose power. And the, the move of God, the move of Jesus, could have been stopped even by this little bit. How many ever heard of churches that have split because of carpet or color of the walls? And we, we won't be one of these, by the way. But um, that, that is so true because people have, have done that. They've, they've, um, they've taken secondary or even, you know, small things and made them into doctrines. And this is a lot of some of the things that were kind of happening here, and we can't, we can't do this. By the way, you know, you may not like the color. You may not like the color of the carpet or the design of the carpet. It's okay. Jesus is still on this throne, okay? And, um, you know, and so, so some of those things are happening here. So let's read. We're going to read the whole chapter, so let's get ready. Um, uh, Romans 14, 1, he says, Except the one whose faith is weak. Now, um, a lot of things, when we, when we hear this, we, we, we start to think a different thing. But it's, it's a, this, Paul is talking to a totally different person here, and I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. He says, except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matter, matters. One's person's faith allows them to eat anything. And somebody say amen. But another's whose faith is weak is they're a vegetarian. Amen. That's how I read it, right? Amen. <laughs> Come on. And uh, no, I'm just I'm joking. Those who 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 are who do that, but uh, whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Verse three: uh, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Amen. That's a good one. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Who are you? To judge someone's, someone else's servant. To their own masters, servants stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than the other. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own minds. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Verse 9. For this very reason, Christ died, returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, who do, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. 
It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account for of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone from whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of, spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And verse 20. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep them, keep uh, these things, keep between yourself and God. So he's saying, don't parade them. And if they had Facebook, he said, don't get on Facebook and show everybody what you do. (laughs) Right? Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves, but whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not done from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Amen. A lot of stuff here, um, and I want, I, want to, I want to make sure we keep it in context, and then I'm going to bring it into what we, what we draw out of it, what we have for us today. The context here is um, the church is growing, and uh, the body of Christ is growing, and what's happening is you're having Jews and Gentiles mixing, okay? They're coming together. Gentiles had no, they're heathens. They didn't know what was right or wrong, and they didn't care, you know? And so they're coming in, and they're eating some things. Um, there's Jews that are coming in and really realize the freedom that we have in Christ, right? And they're realizing that. But there are some Jews that are coming from the Old, uh, the old Testament, the Old Covenant, and they're coming in and they still feel like, no, we cannot eat certain foods. Or we have to worship on certain days. Um, or, and so they're, they're thinking that, that this is important. This is very important to them. And so it's really a co- complex time, what was going on in Paul's uh, time, because there's such diverse backgrounds, cultural and Jews and Gentiles, many, and, and, and many of these problems threaten the unity of the body of Christ. And so here, here Paul mentions two types of people. He mentions the weak and he mentions the strong. And so in this larger context, the weak and the strong here. And so if you look closely, a lot of times when we think that when, when the Bible talks about someone who's weak in the faith, that means that it's someone who is, is acceptable to sin and, and, and is easily uh, falls to temptation. And, and that's really not what Paul's talking about here. He's, and, and, and he's talking about a weak person being one who's, who's not like that. These, are, these people who are weak love Jesus. These people who you're saying that are weak in the faith are, are followers of Christ, but um, they're not entering into the freedom that they have in Christ. The people who are strong in the faith are people who, 
who realize the freedom that they have. They're not bound by the old, old Mosaic law. They're not bound by those things anymore in certain, certain issues. And so he's talking about um, these people who um, basically who don't, don't like to eat certain meat, who, who regard some days as, as having importance, who, who may, may not drink wine. And so the weaker bro- brother here, the weaker brother and sister, are ones who are really focusing on these secondary matters and uh, and these are people who are um, have failed to enter into the gospel, the, the the good news, the grace, the freedom that they have in Christ. They're not understanding the the what they have in in Jesus. It's like what what First Corinthians eight eight says. But food will not condemn us to God. We are neither the worse if we eat, nor the better if we don't eat. And so here these are these are the people. So they feared that if I would eat certain foods that it would affect me spiritually in a, in a wrong way. They believe that, that it would weaken their faith uh, and maybe even expose them to greater evils in, in, in if they would partake of certain foods or drink certain drink. They believe that um, uh, their spiritual value was abstinence. Uh, to deny oneself would be inherently good and to not to indulge oneself would be inherently bad. And so that's what they're thinking here. But Paul talks about um, that the strong one here are actually the ones who are partaking in that food, who, are, who understand the freedom that they have in Christ. And so you have this weak and strong, and, and Paul's really t- telling us how we are to deal with this, how we should, we should walk together. So even in, in our body, we have difference of opinions on secondary matters, Right? Right? I mean, I, I, I get people still today that says we shouldn't worship on Sunday and want us to change our service. I still have people today do that. And, and some of them, you know, they, of course, I tell them there's, there are churches, go to Messianic congregation that does worship in, in the time that you want, but, you know, that's just not us. And so Paul talks about how do we deal with those people into this. So, so this weaker brother or sister... Um, is someone who is kind of abstaining, and the stronger is someone who, who really quite simply knows the truth about the gospel of Jesus. And so, we, so Paul says, so how, you know, tells us how are the strong and the weak relate and respond to each other in this. And he gives us some advice here. And the first one is really, he says, we need to accept the one who's weak in faith. So that word accept means both to recognize but, but receive as family. That those who may not be to that point, for some reason or another, in, in, in Romans 14 here, he says that we are supposed to accept them as a member of the body of Christ. We're not supposed to get rid of them. We're supposed, not supposed to take, push them away, but we're supposed to accept them. We're supposed to accept the weaker brother or sister, and that they're not supposed to be made inferior or unwanted. And so Paul says that's what we're supposed to do, and that we're supposed to regard them in, not with contempt, we're not supposed to have contempt with the weak, but we're supposed to have them as part of the family. They're a part of the family. And, uh, and then he says we're not supposed to judge. Not only the weak are not supposed to judge the strong, but the strong are not supposed to judge the weak. See, the, the strong believes, here in Romans 14, the strong believes that the weak are... Um, uh, are legalistic and pharisaical. 
The weak believe that the strong are loose and undisciplined. But Paul says we're both supposed to refrain for such judgments in that. So we're not supposed to judge. We're not supposed to judge the weak. are not supposed to judge the strong. And the strong are not supposed to judge the weak. And it's so important. And the weak should, should not judge the strong because God has accepted them. And so, and so Paul goes on. He says the reason why you, each one of these people are doing them in faith. They really believe in their conscience that this is what God has, has said to them. And so we're not supposed to come to a place of judgment. And that's a hard thing to not judge somebody that you disagree with. Right? It's right. It's, it's hard not to. Someone who, who doesn't agree with you completely. Now, there, there's certain things he's not talking about. He's talking about secondary matters. He's not talking about, about the Christian, historical Christian faith, you know, about Jesus being the Son of God and He coming on this earth as a man and living a life that is perfect, dying for our sins, being, being, uh, dying for our sins and raising from the dead. We're not talking about people who disagree with those type of things. We're talking about food. We're talking about here, he's talking about drinking, he's talking about eating and when the times that you worship. And Paul's saying that, that we are not supposed to judge. In fact, he, he says that we're going to give account to God, verses 10 through 12. We're not to each other, we're going to give account to God. And so we shouldn't exercise judgment on someone else's servant, right? Who are we servants of as Jesus, right? And I, I think that's a major thing. I think we as the body of Christ need to learn this. And Paul was trying to because it will stop the move of God. Judgment, you judging others, will stop the move of God. And especially in this secondary matters. Now, I'm not talking about sin. I mean, there's definitely things that we need to confront and sin and, and uh, go after people and say, listen, you're going in the wrong direction, but this is not talking about this here. And that's why we are not to judge each other. And Paul places a burden on the strong here, though, he asked a strong brother to, concur, con, con, to, to not to show his liberty, not to, not to put it on Facebook that you are taking of wine or you're eating meat, you know, not to, not to, not to tag them in this because they are, um, uh, you, know, you know, these other people don't like you eating steaks and you tag them with your grill and your big old cow on the, on the thing or, or you're eating pork, you know, not to tag them in. Look what I'm doing today. You know, that's, that's what he's saying. But he's saying rather out of love. So, so Paul tells them out of love that we are not supposed to put a stumbling block in with people. Okay, so that's, that's the whole, whole foundation of what's really happening here. That you have two different groups of people. Now, Paul doesn't want the stronger to come down to the weak. The stronger is right. He can eat meat. Or she can eat meat. They can drink. They can, they can worship on what day they feel like they want to worship on. And it's okay as long as they do it in faith and into Jesus, right? Okay? So let me, let me give you some examples. Let's bring it into here today, okay? So, let's, I'm, and I'm just going to go right at, the, at, at just right, right in at the, probably a very controversial thing. Is that okay? And it's, it's okay if, and you need to listen completely to me as I go through this. So don't shut me off when you disagree. It's called judgment, right? Okay. Alcohol. Not rubbing alcohol. Can a Christian drink? Can a Christian have a glass of wine, beer, 
or whatever else. And the Bible's clear on this, yes. I've studied it for years. And it is okay for you to have a drink. Now, that doesn't mean I'm giving you permission, okay? But I'm saying it's okay. It's okay to do that. Now, it does definitely give us boundaries in that, doesn't it? You can't get drunk, right? Right? And actually, it's partying is in part of that carousing. You can't, you can't just do that and just go partying with it. Other things that you can, and anything you, when you use the word, I need, that's, that's a dangerous point too, right? Oh, I need to have this to have fun. No, 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 You're, that's wrong, right? You don't need anything but Jesus, right? I mean, food and water, yes, but, you know, you don't, there are certain things you do need, right? It's like if you're doing your budget, man, I need to have 300 channels in my cable. No, you don't need, <laughs> cable is not you don't need cable. You don't need, need those things, right? So, there's, so if you use the word need, that's, that's another thing that, that the Bible talks about. But drinking is okay. Having a beer, having drinking wine, it's okay. Okay. So, But let, let me tell you this. Right now, when I said that, some of you tightened up a little bit. Why? Because you disagree. Because you, 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 you have some convictions in that, right? And it's okay. We're not judging here. It's okay to have those convictions. But clearly the Bible is very clear that it's okay. It's okay for you to do that. But we have different, different people in here. Some agree with that. Some don't agree with that. So how do we handle that as a brother and sister? That's okay. We don't have to judge. Because you do it in faith. Now, I'm going to bring it to me personally. Okay? I don't drink. Not because I disagree not because it would be wrong for me in the sense of biblically, in the sense of being of drinking. I, I, I just don't drink because of what the Holy Spirit has told me to do. Okay? And here's why. Here's why I don't, I don't drink. Because I'm, I'm a pastor, and um, Forbes magazine says that the most stressful jobs in America, being a pastor, is in the top five. Okay? So I don't want to give opportunity, this is for me, I don't want to give opportunity to the devil in my life for me to go and to run to alcohol, okay? Now, I've had that in my family. I've never done that, but I've had that in my family. I, I don't want to do that, okay? Now, I've, had, I've, I've, I've known people, in fact, one of the largest churches in America uh, this last uh, couple years ago, the pastor was drinking wine, but got into a place where the stress was getting to him. Not just, you know, everywhere where he became really an alcoholic and had to go to rehab. And ended up, they had to fire him because he wouldn't go. But now after they fired him, he went. And now he's being restored and he's doing well. But I don't, I don't want that to happen. And the Holy Spirit knows. So, so I have a conviction by the Holy Spirit not to do those things. Okay, there's another reason I, I don't want I don't want to do it because I pastor people who have had um, a, a relationship with alcohol, and what I mean with that is that they've had issues with with alcohol, and I want to support them for them not to drink, and I don't want I want to be an example. That is my conviction, right? Okay, a lot of us 
have different convictions on some things. Some of you won't, won't go to Starbucks because of certain things the former CEO said or what they support, right? So you'll go to some other place, which there is better coffee elsewhere. I just want you to know that. But um, <laughs> um, Post Coffee is a great place in Lee Summit. We need one here in, in this area. But, um, but you know, you, you, have, you have these things. And, I, you know, there's, there's people that just won't meet with me at Starbucks. They, they said, nah, I want to meet somewhere else, so we'll go to Starbucks. So you have certain convictions. Some of you may not go out to eat if they have a bar in the, in the, in anywhere. You won't, you won't do that. Okay, so we have certain convictions. So how do we relate with one another with those convictions? We love each other. We don't judge. They, these are secondary matters. Some of you speak in tongues. Some of you don't. Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. So even then, there were some people back then didn't speak in tongues. So how do we handle that with each other? Does that make the person who speaks in tongue more spiritual than the person who doesn't? Well, we don't see that in the Word, right? That would be a judgment, right? That would be a judgment. I speak in tongues. I don't drink. I speak in tongues. I have, I have certain things that I do. You have certain things that you do and that are different from everybody else, but we all believe in Jesus Christ and we all do them in faith, right? And that's what makes us come together. And that's what makes the body of Christ actually beautiful. That we don't all have it all. And we don't understand that. And you're not there yet. And I'm not there yet. Right? And so what we do is we love one another. And if we're go, all going towards Christ, there's something great that can happen here. And so Paul tells us this, this stronger to not be a stumbling block. Okay? So, um, so not being a stumbling block. If you drink... And you go out with a friend who's had, had issues with alcohol. Guess what? If you drink alcohol in front of him or her, you would become a stumbling block. Right? Amen? So what do you do? Love tells us, and what Paul's telling us, is not to drink in front of that person. Okay? So I have friends that know that I don't drink. I have friends in, in our church that drink. And uh, um, they know my, my stance on me personally. And they know that I, I don't disagree with it. But guess what they do? When we go out to eat, you know, th- they, will, they will ask me. I don't tell them to ask me. I don't, it, doesn't, it won't bother me if they got something to drink. But every single time they ask me, do you mind if I get a beer? Or do you mind if I have a glass of wine? You know what that is? That's love. That is love. And as long as, long as you're, lo- you're loving people, that's the important part. That you're not going to be a stumbling block. So let's take it in a spiritual way. If you speak in tongues, and this person over, 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 over right by you doesn't speak in tongues, don't go up to them and speak in tongues. Right? Sean, well, that's my liberty. Yes. But don't let it become a stumbling block to somebody else, okay? Right? 
If you don't like Starbucks and, or, or if your friend doesn't like Starbucks, don't take them to Starbucks. Don't tag them. You know what tagging is? I mean, you know, on, on social media. Don't tag them when you're doing stuff. If you know people are your friends and they, they don't like and like you know you, drinking and they don't like don't don't show them your, your cocktail, right? Don't show them those things. Just understand that's what love is. Don't be a stumbling block to people. And so Paul is dealing with this. Christian liberty is a good thing, but when wrongly used. It is a defiance of love and disregard of the conscience of somebody else, of the weaker brother. It can bring disgrace, really, to the gospel. It's not worth it, right? Amen? But when we start loving one another, that means I'm, I'm your friend and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die for you. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to eat certain things, right, in front of you. When you're on a diet, you don't want people eating all these chocolate chip cookies in front of you, Right? It's not love. And so Paul's saying when, that when Paul says you have the, this faith, it's your own conviction before God. And it means two things. Keep it private. Don't parade it. Don't make it public all the time. But neither should you renounce your freedom. Keep it. It's good, right? It's okay. So, so those who, who want to have a drink, once in a while, as long as you're not getting drunk, you know. Now, alcohol does can hurt. Now, you got to watch it. That's why if you do drink, anything that's addictive in any way. Food is one, too. Let's don't leave food out. You know, gluttonous is a sin. You know that, right? Right? And I've done it. And you've done it. We've all done those things. So, so anything that's in excess that the Bible says... You need, you need to have people around you that will say no and hold on. You need to have that around you. But listen, it doesn't mean that you have to stop doing it because somebody else disagrees with you. And Paul's saying to these people, you can eat meat, right? You can eat meat. In, in 1 Corinthians, they were sacrificing um, uh, animals to, to other gods, and, and Christians were going up and buying the meat. Because it was cheap. And other Christians were mad. Why are you buying the meat? And, what, and Paul says, well, there isn't any other God anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Go ahead and buy the meat. <laughs> right? So there's liberty, but make sure you're not parading it around. And, you know, it's all about the fact of love. It's all about love. But when you do these things, do them in faith. And say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. So Paul's addressing how we are to live out our freedom in Christ in relationships to other Christians. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what it takes. It takes maturity. Right? You have to be mature. Now, if someone's coming in, coming in here and saying Jesus really didn't die, then, you know, we need to have a come-to-Jesus meeting with them. You know, you know there's certain things. But uh, on some of these secondary issues, it doesn't really matter. And this is why. Paul says something very powerful in Romans 14, verse 16. Look what it says. He says, Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken up as evil. And this is, this is what I want you to get. And this is what we need to get today. 
For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. See, when we understand that the kingdom isn't about the natural, but it's about the amazing things Jesus did, it's about the spiritual then we can toss all these minor details, habits and hang-ups that hold us back, and we can live in freedom. And we can live, really, the kingdom of God, the life of God. Verse 18 says that anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved to men. If we live this life of righteousness, peace, and joy in this way, then God has accepted and approved our behavior. We're going to win favor, even with all mankind. Paul's incredibly practical when he gives instruction here. And this is something that we have to really learn. That Paul's reminding us that we should be patient and loving with others in their walk without causing them confusion and putting stumbling stones in their way. But if we're going to seek the kingdom of God first, and that's what we need to do. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If we're going to make the kingdom of God first in our life, then, then, then we, need to, we need to understand the kingdom of God doesn't flow from the outward in. It flows from the inward out. See, a lot of the stuff that, you know, like I said, if, if you're really seeking the kingdom of God, you're not going to have to worry about sinning. You're not going to have to worry about not doing the plan and the will of God. You don't have to worry about if you're going to murder your, your neighbor, right? Why is that? You don't have to worry about the Ten Commandments because you're loving God and loving others. And see, I used to think that the kingdom of God was, was mission fields and seek, seek, doing mission work and all this other thing. And I realized it's not something outside flowing in. It's something inside flowing out. It's the flowing out of the righteousness and peace and joy. And when you seek the kingdom of God, you make it a priority every day in your life that your inner man is going to be flowing out of you with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, not judgment. Not worrying about what this and this and this is going, to, going on. You're going, to be, you're going to be so involved in Jesus that He saved you, right? We're going to be, we're going to be all servants of God and accountable to him, him and answering to Him and doing the right things. And we're going to be trusting God because we're all about the kingdom. We're not going to be worried because my friend goes to Starbucks. Right? We're not going to be worried because because I saw somebody in the store and they were buying a case of beer. And I've seen it because I've gone in the stores and you're hiding it. When I see you and you're you're pushing things around and I'm I'm saying, hey, what do you have there? It was so funny. I think I told this story before. I went, I don't know if it was Olive Garden or anything, someplace like that. But anyway, I was coming in and and this family um, was this, was was uh, um, having having some, a glass of wine and everything, and and the uh, uh, the husband, I don't know, saw me and I I saw I knew he saw me because I looked at and he looked at me and all of a sudden he's uh, he's he's trying to hide the wine glasses but you know how that goes he spilt it everywhere <laughs> and his wife is just just looking at him like that. And, I had a, had a fun time that evening. Anyway, um, 
And, I, and, I, and, and listen, we have to be about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is about righteousness. When you're so about the kingdom and seeking the kingdom of God, being acceptable and accepted by God and not by man, the freedom from shame, the freedom from guilt and works. It's not about what man thinks of us, but what God thinks of us that, that counts for eternity. If we are right standing with Almighty God, then we have nothing more to fear. Listen, if that doesn't bring joy in your life, if that doesn't bring this passion about God in your life, that's what needs to be flowing out of you. That you're saved. You are loved by God. You are accepted by God. And see, you need to get that because the problem is, is a lot of times when people judge other people, they're actually judging themselves. They don't feel accepted. And listen, we, we don't have time. I'm gonna, let me tell you something. We don't have time to, to get off our, 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 our machinery that's, that's harvesting, our harvester, to, to, to worry about a little mouse that's in front of us. We don't have time to pick at other people's stuff. We, we have a job here in this earth. It's to go after God and go after others and to love them. Say, Sean, well, 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 these are secondary matters. We're not talking about sin here. We're talking about your own convictions. Some of you may, may have a heart for like a certain area. Maybe you have a heart to feed, feeding the homeless. But, you know, a lot, of times what, what, a lot of times what we do with those, or we have a heart for Africa, we think everybody should have that same heart. But you don't. Not all of us do, and it's okay. What is God saying to you? But you are doing that in faith, and you love that. Go ahead. And love that and enjoy that heart. And enjoy what God's done, but enjoy the righteousness and allow the righteousness of God, the right standing of God to flow out of you. The kingdom of heaven is about righteousness, but it's also about peace. It's a heart peace. It's about having peace of God, the peace that passes understanding you. When you live in this peace, it doesn't matter what's going on around you because no matter what's going on around you, you know you have the peace of God. That means nothing missing, nothing broken. No matter if everything seems broken on the outside, you know you have the peace of God and there's nothing missing and nothing broken. The peace we have knowing that Jesus paid the price for us and that there is nothing more than we can do or need to do to earn God's grace. We have God's grace. And that peace does that. And then you have this kingdom is about the joy of the Lord and it's relaxing in God's love and acceptance and enjoying life we have in Him. It's, and it's time to forget about what everyone else is really doing to, and to forget the things that are not important in the eyes of God and in eternity. It's time to enjoy the life of God and enjoy Jesus and enjoy what God has called you to do and who God has called you to be and, and, to, and to disciple people and to love them enough to give your life to them and, and not to judge them. And that's what Paul is really saying here. Let's don't stop the move of God because you like meat and you like vegetables. Let's move forward. And it's all about the maturity of be mature in the Lord and be able to do that. Like I said, 
Even in our church, and this is not, we're not the only one, other churches have this too. There's multiple people who have different ideas on secondary matters. Guess what? It's okay. Go after the Lord, do it in faith. Because Paul says here, what is not of faith is what? Sin. If you're doing, living your life not in faith, not trusting in the Lord, not obeying Him, then it is sin. Amen? When we realize this, we can do a lot for the Lord. We can make disciples. We can have loving, Holy Spirit-filled families. We can see the sick healed, help the poor, see lives changed for the glory of God. Amen? And it's okay. And God's going to use us. Amen? So Paul's saying here, don't judge. Don't judge. If you like to be a vegetarian, that's fine. I like a good T-bone. Amen? I've had somebody, a friend of ours, make us a vegetarian meal. And, um, uh, and they made this mushroom, portobello mushroom. And uh, I thought it tasted like steak. I don't know if they, they, they put that in my mind beforehand. But I'm, I'm learning to eat more vegetables now than ever before because it is healthier. I have to. But I don't have to place that on you, right? So follow the Lord. And this is, this is what I want you to do. We follow Jesus, right? And so you, you pray, you ask the Lord, and you look it up in the Word. There are certain things that are absolutes in the Word. Don't get me wrong. There is absolutes in the Word, definitely. But a lot of things in, in, in how we live and how we conduct ourselves, some things, they're not absolutes. But be led by the Holy Spirit in what you do and how you live. That's where you're going to have faith in. So if you drink a glass of wine, you do it by faith in Jesus because you have freedom to do that. If you don't do it, you do it by faith. If you speak in tongues, you speak by faith. If you don't, you, you pray in the Holy Spirit in your own language, right? You do it by faith. You trust God. If you don't go to Starbucks, that's fine. You do it by faith because that's what God's told you to do, Right? But don't condemn somebody else who does it. And if God wants, to, wants them to stop, you, you just pray, God, let them do their will, have their will. You know, there's churches in, in this area that we have, we have disagreements on secondary issues. But I, I, don't, I don't dare speak bad about them. You know Why? Because I don't want to be in judgment about them. They are my brothers and sisters in the Lord. If they preach Christ, they preach the Bible, right? I don't dare speak about them. Don't you either. I may disagree with them on some certain things, but I'm not their Lord, right? See, and that's the thing that we 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 don't we. I'm not their Lord. Jesus is. Let Him deal with them. And I believe they're following Jesus with all their heart. 
I believe you're following Jesus all their heart. Even if we may disagree on certain things, on how you live, at our secondary issues, are you following Jesus with all your heart? Are you loving Him with everything you have? Are you being led? Are you hearing the voice of God and being led by Him? And if you are, guess what? You're doing good. And God's going to use you in a mighty way. Whether you go to Starbucks or not. He's going to use you in a mighty way. And that's what Paul wants us to do. Amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that. Amen?